As the possibility of Roe versus Wade being overturned became apparent, Vice leapt into action by sharing do-it-yourself abortion methods for those unable to drive or fly several miles out of their way to receive a legal abortion. Quote, misoprostol is relatively easy to acquire from veterinary sources, since in addition to medically inducing abortions, it's also used to treat ulcers in horses. A horse medication being used to treat something not related to horses. Where have I heard this before? Oh yeah, that's right. From like a million screeching liberals losing their crap over Joe Rogan or whatever, taking ivermectin. Detecting their own hypocrisy, Vice then followed up, quote, you may be reminded of ivermectin, <laughs> oops, uh, which use, is used to control parasites in horses, also, by the way, a human medicine. Uh, but it became a favored but ineffective COVID treatment among conspiracy theorists. The main difference here is that misoprostol does something other than giving you the, we'll call it the runs. You're right, it does do something other than giving you the runs. It ends a human life, and that's not a conspiracy theory. That's just a fact. So if it comes down to a gun to my head choice between which horse medication I'm gonna take, you're damn right I will choose the one that ruins my pants and not the one that ruins someone's entire future. Stu does America. It means so much to us when you subscribe to Blaze TV. Please do so. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu to save 10 bucks. I'll tell you what the Supreme Court has in common with the Jedi Council and Stephen Kent. Uh, the uh, United States continues to walk a fine line with Russia and Ukraine. One, I am not at all convinced they can successfully walk. But we start by doing abortion in America. We've talked a lot about the things that would be good about Roe versus Wade being overturned. And we've talked about how abortion's really gonna wind up being accessible for a long time anyway, and even though I don't really want that to be the outcome. But we haven't really stopped to think about the problems. Maybe we haven't considered them fully. Let's go through some of them. Dave Portnoy has vowed to vote Democrat if Roe versus Wade is overturned. This is like going back in time. Now, Dave Portnoy is the guy from Barstool Sports. He interviewed the president. Seems to be kind of uh, if he had to pick a political side, maybe leaning to the right, but he does not want abortion to go away. Now, considering the fact that Dave Portnoy, other than sports, is probably best known with hooking up with a gaggle of 19-year-olds, he might just be like two abortions short of a free abortion on the card. He's punched it that many times. He doesn't want it to go away because, you know, maybe it's something that that helps out from time to time uh, in his particular life. But, hey, we want to make sure we're giving you both sides of the story. Women on TikTok are upset because they say hookup culture will be absolutely decimated if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Now, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, maybe if. Maybe you should just take steps in advance of the abortion. Is there anybody out there? Can they just say, hey, I understand things happen from time to time. Uh, that's uh, But like, probably if you're going to be involved in hookup culture, you probably want to be doing other things rather than just waiting for the after hookup abortion. But you know, again, I'm old timey here on this one. Um, and of course, will this event... Will this event continue to exist if we don't have Roe versus Wade? Sex Island. Ah, yes, Sex Island is a new vacation. It's offering guests unlimited sex with 100 women. 
Now, you can be involved in this. I believe they still have tickets available. They're only selling 50 tickets, so this is a very exclusive event. You'd be in Nevada somewhere outside of Las Vegas from May 5th to 8th. Wait, that starts today. Are you there? Are you watching this at Sex Island right now? If you are, make sure to tweet us. I want to know what your experience is like at Sex Island. Basically, what they've done is they've hired 100 prostitutes to come to a place with 50 guys, and they say you get two per day. Uh, So that sounds like, I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. $4,500 is the ticket price. So, I mean, there you go. I don't think... I don't think I want to go any further into that story. Uh, There are problems, as we've just covered, with Roe versus Wade going away. Sex Island might also go away. And that's just that's a it's a future for America that is too dark for me to contemplate. Um, But I will say, you know, you kind of get this situation going on where this just drives everybody crazy. People just say things that they shouldn't be saying. Uh, For example, let me give you a story in three tweets. Tweet number one. Interesting real-life trolley problem in America now. If you had the chance to kill Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, the two oldest right-wing Supreme Court judges, should you do it while Biden can get his nominees to replace them confirmed? Hmm. Tweet number two. It is interesting as an abstract question, but becomes a real conundrum if, say, you're terminally ill and have little to lose yourself, but know that it could save many women's lives in the future. This idea that getting rid of Roe versus Wade is going to save a single woman's life is completely ridiculous. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say many more lives will be saved. Just going out on a limb. By the way, that was tweet number two. Here is tweet number three. I've removed my two recent tweets about the U.S. Supreme Court, and on reflection, they're obviously pretty irresponsible, though I don't think they would be against Twitter's terms of service. Are you kidding me? We can't say anything about, we can't say, like, um, a man is a, is a man, and you don't get kicked off of Twitter because you're threatening two Supreme Court justices, or at least giving people, if you happen to be someone who is uh, terminally ill, maybe this would be a good idea. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. That's just the way, it's just making people insane. And, and the problem here partially, is that people don't understand what this is. They don't understand what this is. I mean, Dave Portnoy is a good example. He thinks he's going to lose his 19-year-old hookup abortion possibilities. And it's like, well, honestly, Dave has plenty of money. He can fly these women all over the world to get abortions. And honestly, I think he lives in, like, Boston, New York, and and Florida. None of those states are going to get rid of abortion. Florida is, I guess, kind of a question mark, but I doubt it. It probably have a limitation on it, but they're not going to get rid of it either. So the problem is that people don't understand this. A lot of times you're seeing people like um, Elizabeth Warren walking around saying, this is so terrible because 70% of people don't want Roe versus Wade overturned. And that was less annoying than her voice. And there are polls that show that you can find what you want if you want to find a supporting piece of evidence in abortion polls, because there's so many of them. They ask so many questions, so many different ways. And Elizabeth Warren, dishonest hack that she is, is looking for the one that supports her argument the most. Today, I'm just going to give you a lot of data here. It's Chartapalooza. Conservanerds unite. And I will give you a lot of data so you can kind of see what people actually think in America about abortion. And first of all, I will tell you one thing they do not know is what Roe versus Wade is. This is not me telling you that. It's 
Polling data telling you this. 65.7% of the sample incorrectly answered that abortion would be illegal everywhere if Roe versus Wade were overturned. Two-thirds of the country has no idea what this thing is. You want to talk about pathetic. It's not like we've been dealing with this issue for 50 years or anything. But that is where America is right now. So we have a situation where Democrats are saying, "Okay, if Roe versus Wade is overturned, what can we do here? Sure. States like California and New York and and Massachusetts will keep their abortion laws. It'll be abortion huts on every corner. You can do drive through abortions. Uh, You can get an abortion uh, while you're having uh, brunch. All these things will be available in those states. But how do we force it on states who don't want it? That's really their plan. So what they're going to do is try to pass a federal law. You don't need to have a constitutional amendment for abortion to be legal everywhere, at least There's argument on that, and they believe they can pass a federal law that would require states like Texas to give uh, abortions to people who want them. So they have a law that is going through uh, Congress. They're going to try to get it through the Senate as well. Chuck Schumer is promising a vote on this thing. And it does a couple of major things. It does a bunch of things, but it does a couple of major things. Number one, it will overturn all the state laws. So that means a lot of stuff that people on the left have not thought of. For example, in 2011, when Gallup asked the question whether they favored a law requiring women under 18 to get parental consent for any abortion, 71% said yes, and only 27% said no. And that's a kind of a, an older poll. So they asked, hey, why don't you guys follow up on this? And here's how they responded. Asked why the organization hasn't polled that particular question in the years since, a Gallup spokesman told National Review in an email that we consistently found that about 7 in 10 Americans support that proposal across nearly two decades of polling on it. So part of the reason we haven't updated it recently is because of how little it has changed. So this is something that is ingrained in the society. 70% of people think when you're 14, you should have to at least alert mommy before you get a massive medical procedure done and kill your grandchild. That's something that most people agree with. However, the new democratic law would overrule that and make it so you could not implement that law in your state. You would not be able to require your 14-year-old to tell mommy and daddy when something like this was going on. That's part one of the bill. Part two of the bill uh, goes to basically create a nationwide standard on abortion rights. National Review explains what it does. It would create an absolute right to abort a child before fetal viability. That is, according to the act, when a baby born would likely survive outside the womb. And it would prohibit states from protecting life after viability until birth if a lone one one healthcare provider determines that the continuation of the pregnancy would pose a risk to the mother's life or health. Okay, so basically you go back to not Roe versus Wade, but Casey, and Casey gave was the viability standard. Uh, so usually that's estimated at 24 weeks. That's usually the the shorthand they use. So up to 24 weeks, you're totally fine to get an abortion at any point for any reason, and regardless of your age, you don't have to tell your parents, none of that stuff. That's the Democratic plan, zero to 24 weeks, whatever you want, whenever you want. Now, that's not a popular uh, proposal, as we'll go to here in a second. Um, But, okay, you know, after that, what about after that? Well, after that, abortion would be potentially restricted. However, there would not be any restrictions that could override one doctor 
Tell me if you can find a left-wing doctor that will approve this every single time. One doctor who says, oh, yeah, the health. Oh, yeah, the health. Now, what does health mean? Uh, would, would a continued pregnancy affect the woman's health? Now, it's possible that a woman could have a, a pregnancy that would really affect her health and could create some serious health problems. It's obviously incredibly rare, though it doesn't seem to be rare when these policies are implemented. All of a sudden, everyone's finding health problems everywhere. But it's not even just a serious health problem. It would create, uh, excuse me, uh, the bill's chief sponsor in the Senate has acknowledged the legislation doesn't distinguish between physical and mental health. And the text of the bill explicitly instructs instructs the courts to liberally interpret the legislation. There can be no doubt that the courts would broadly interpret health as Doe versus Bolton. The companion case to Roe defined health, physical, emotional, uh, psychological, familial and women's age. All these factors may relate to health, familial health. Your age. In other words, They can come up with anything to justify this, and they do. Whenever this policy is in place, if someone comes in past the deadline, they say, well, I might get depressed if I have this kid. Okay, you can kill it. That's the way that's used. It's used that way all the time, everywhere it's in place. And so this would put uh, a nationwide application of that rule into place. So zero to 24 weeks would get you, you know, abortion huts on the corner when you're having brunch. And then 24 weeks on to the end of the pregnancy, you'd have to go get one doctor, a liberal doctor guaranteed will pop up in your town that is going to be able to approve every single request that you put in for health. It is a it's basically a zero to end of pregnancy uh, allowance. And that is what the Democrats want. And it shouldn't surprise you. That's what they want. It's in their platform. This is what they want. Ask any Democratic politician. Tim Ryan, for example, was asked about this. Tim Ryan is a a Democrat running in Ohio. He's got up against J.D. Vance for the Senate seat there. And he's a guy who was explicitly picked by the Democrats to come out and be the guy who can be moderate enough as a Democrat, to win in Ohio. He's supposed to be a blue dog Democrat, one of these guys who's sensible. He's not AOC, right? That's at least the pitch. When asked, would he rule out a third-term abortions, he said the woman should be able to decide, to decide. Well, the woman would always have to decide. No one's going to force her to have an abortion. So basically what you're saying is, yes, you would like abortion all the way to the end of the pregnancy. And this is supposed to be the moderate part of the Democratic Party. So what are the two positions of these parties right now? You have the Democrats who say women's choice from day one of conception all the way to birth. Okay, and you look, there are a few people who are saying after birth, but let's toss them out for just a second from from the entire pregnancy all the way up into birth is what the Democratic Party, not not some fringe, crazy member who's way out there. And I'm picking the easiest example. I'm talking about a blue dog Democrat just said this. Their actual bill literally does what I'm describing. What is the Republican plan? Well, the Republicans say no abortion except for cases of rape and incest and life and health of the mother. Uh, Typically, that's where they are. Now, there are variations on that. Some people say they... Uh, they don't want the exceptions. Some people will allow, you know, certainly some uh, Republicans will allow for first term abortions. Uh, so there are there is some fluctuation there, just like there's some fluctuation on the Democratic side. But the general position, go back, look at George W. Bush's position on abortion. Life of the uh, life of the mother, rape, incest, all exceptions there. But no, no. 
no abortions as birth control, no abortion on demand is the Republican position. The Republican position is constantly painted as wildly out of step with America. It is painted as this position that is crazy. It's just, you know, it's Gilead. It's the Handmaid's Tale all over again in the one reference these people seem to know. Where the Democrats is, is seen as freeing and understandable and in, uh, in step with the American people. Let's look at the polling. Let's not look at one poll that describes the name of a court ruling from 1973 that no one seems to understand. Let's instead ask the actual specifics. We have multiple pieces of data for you on, on, on this issue. Chartapalooza, conservators unite. Let's get to the charts. Okay, how many Americans say that abortion should be legal in all cases? Okay, in the first trimester, 38% say it should be legal in all cases. Another 23% say it should be legal in most cases. All right. Then you have in the second trimester, that, go, that drops down from 61% in the first trimester, drops down in the second trimester to 34%. 15% say it should be illegal, all, legal all the time. 19% say it should be legal in most cases. In the last trimester, again, this is the Democratic Party position. Last trimester, and you know, last trimester means, you know, what, seventh month, maybe eighth month, uh, you know, ninth uh, in, in the beginning. The Democratic position is actually more liberal, uh, more radical than this. They want it up to the last second of birth. But 8% of people say it should be legal in all cases. 11% say that it should be legal in most cases. So you have incredible opposition to second and third term abortion. Okay. Let's go to the next poll. Here is a, a more detailed asking of this. I'll break it down for you here with Americans. Which of the following statements comes closest to your opinion on abortion? One, abortion should be available to a woman anytime she wants during her entire pregnancy. That number, the Democratic Party position, is 17%. 17% once again. Now, as you start to open it up, you, get, you start to bring in more people. But let's start from the bottom here. Abortion should never be permitted is only 12% of the population. You get to 21%, uh, another nine additional percentage points uh, for uh, abortion being allowed only to save the life. If you go to the exceptions of uh, rape and incest, you add another 28% of the population. So now we are at the Republican position on abortion. Again, I'll, just to recap, uh, you have people who say it should only be allowed in cases of rape, incest, the life of the mother. Okay, That is 49%. So in this poll, it shows 49% agree with the Republican position on abortion and 17% agree with the Democratic position. In the middle, you have uh, abortion should be allowed only for the first three months of the pregnancy. But that means 71% are in a position where they are far, far more conservative than our laws are today. 71%. Okay, let's go to the next one. Again, breaking it up by trimesters. 60% of people say that during the first three months, uh, it should be available to women. That number drops to 28% in the second trimester and 13% in the third trimester. Again, that is the Democratic Party position. 13%, 14%, 17%. It's consistent over multiple years and multiple polling organizations. Very few people actually agree with what the Democrats are saying. And they have to constantly make it seem like Republicans are doing things that they're not to continue the circle of grift. They must have the circle of grift. What is the circle of grift? Well, let's give it to you here. You got to vote Democrat. Why do you have to vote Democrat? 
to protect women's rights. Well, are they protected now that we've elected Democrats? Are they protected? No, it's even worse than before. Well, now what? We've got to do something. What do we do? We have to vote Democrat. Why? To protect women's rights. Are they protected? No, it's even worse than before. Now what? We've got to do something. What do we do? We vote Democrat. Why? To protect women's rights. Are they protected? No, it's even worse than before. Now what? We have to do something. What do we do? Vote Democrat and on and on. On and on and on. This is the scam. Look, the truth is that I, Stu, am way out of step with the average American on the issue of abortion. I own it and love it. I think that babies should, like, be born and stuff. I realize I own a position that is extreme in this society. But at least I admit it. The Democratic Party is more extreme than any position I hold based on polling. Their platform, their laws, and their people are extremists. The average person is in the middle. They want a bunch of exceptions for rape and incest and too many white claws or whatever it is in a given poll. Here's the thing, though. This is one of those issues where only the extremes actually make sense. If you believe this is a human life, that my position is basically the only defensible one. You can't kill innocent human beings because you don't want them around. That's not, that's not how humanity operates. However, if you somehow believe that this doesn't count as a human life, then the Democratic Party position is really the only defensible one. If it isn't a life, what do I care? Why restrict abortion at all? Why do I want it safe, legal, and rare? Like if God came down from the clouds and said, I appreciate all your efforts and everything on this abortion stuff, but actually that's totally not a life. Don't worry about it at all. I probably should have made that clear in the Bible or something. My bad. Sorry about that. Then I would say, oh, wow, really? No, geez, I blew that one. Abort away, everyone. Why would I care? Why would I care if it wasn't a life? And similarly, if the God of the liberals, you know, I don't know who that is. Harry Styles. Maybe. I don't know. And Harry comes down and he says, guys, I appreciate you caring about women's rights and everything. I know your heart was in the right place, but like you're actually just responsible for killing 63 million people. So you should probably change things. I would assume that the left, if they really believe that was true, they would want all abortions to go away, too. This is how you know this is not an issue of women's rights. Do you think a pro-life person cares if an adult has an unnecessary surgery to remove a benign tumor? No. If it's not ending another life, you can pretty much remove any body part you want. You could even pretend you're the other gender. Just don't kill people. No one wants control of your body. Stop flattering yourself. Or better yet, stop ending the innocent lives of children. Well, it's finally happened. The Fed is realizing the dire straits our economy is in, thanks to our loose monetary policy. Apparently, you can't just spend trillions every year with no repercussions. Who would have thought? It's a shocker to me, I know. Now to play catch up, the Fed has been raising rates and plans to do so seven times this year. You're already starting to see those ripple effects in the housing market as people's buying power diminishes. Have you considered what could happen if the stock market 
uh, crashes, if the economy stalls out, have you thought about this? Don't wait until it happens. Take some of your profits from the stock market now and consider solidifying them with gold from Birch Gold. Throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. You can find out more about this opportunity by texting STU to 989898 for a free zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Text STU to the number 989898 and secure the gains you've made while you can. Test, text STU to the number 989898 and protect your future with gold. Joining me now in studio is Stephen Kent. He's a political commentator, of course, and author of the book, How the Force Can Fix the World, Lessons on Life, Liberty, and Happiness from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. It's available now wherever you get your books, so make sure you grab a copy. Stephen, how's it going? Pretty good, uh, except for the fact that ever since this book come, came out, the uh, the world has not yet been fixed. No? So. <laughs> still, still a work in progress. So it's a failure. You're, you're admitting your book is a failure. You know what? The readers might be the failure. <laughs> the, bu- the, book, the book is explicitly about fixing yourself, right. and then maybe the mm-hmm. world will get a little bit better, but, you know political turmoil still endures. Here we have you on May the 5th. Like, what kind of booking is that? You should have been here on May the 4th. A lot of your staff is under the impression it was Revenge of the 6th. Ah. It's Revenge of the 5th, so this Mm. is the continuation of this May 4th Star Wars holiday. (laughs) They've really turned this into something. I'm just just here to observe the holiday and celebrate with you. Disney uh, has ratcheted up this franchise. I mean, like, when I was a kid watching the Star Wars thing, it was always a big deal. And they have just said, you know what, we're just going to turn it up to 11. Fun fact, did you know, though, that uh, um, May the 4th Be With You Mm -hmm. started in the U.K. in uh, 19, what is it, 78 for Margaret Thatcher's uh, term. So the London Evening News published this headline, May the 4th Be With Us, uh, to celebrate the beginning of Margaret Thatcher's uh, reign in the U.K. (laughs) So it actually actually goes all the way back to there, and the fans take this and and run with it. Yeah. Uh, But it actually was created in the U.K. for uh, Thatcher. Wow. Who, the, who knew? The, you knew. That's, the, first, that's who the knew. first documented use. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Um, okay, uh, let's talk about, because the book is really about applying the lessons from the movies and the whole universe yeah. to our universe, our real life. Uh, the Supreme Court kind of gives us a, an opportunity to look at this from a different perspective. Can you kind of talk us through this? Yeah, I mean, the number one kind of canon issue that's going on in Star Wars is this myth of, of bringing balance to the Force. A lot of the Star Wars story hinges on this prophecy that we learn about in Star Wars Episode One that a chosen one's going to bring balance to the Force, that the light and the dark side are one day going to be balanced. But if you are familiar with Star Wars, you know that it's constant wars. It's just <laughs> constant imbalance, the rise of the Sith, the Sith get knocked down, the light side becomes you know, supreme again, and then they get knocked on their butts again. Like, it's just constant. Um, so there is never really a balancing force in Star Wars, which if you look at that, it's really about who has power and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Can you actually balance power in the galaxy and in our personal lives? I'm a libertarian. Something I am highly concerned with is how to balance power and balance ambition in our own system of government and the Mm -hmm. lives that we live. And so what I tried to dig into in this book was what can you learn tangibly from Star Wars stories on balance that could help us think about politics as less of a... 
all takes all kind of game, mm-hmm. you know, where uh, everything is Death Star level stakes. <laughs> there are a lot of planets exploding these days, I've noticed. It feels that way. It does. Yeah, and it's only, it's only getting ratcheted up more and more. Florida was like a, you know, one big explosion, mm-hmm. you know, where we actually saw for the first time a Republican governor like really knuckle punching a private corporation yeah. over politics. Um, we can talk about that. And yeah. then there's, of course, the Supreme Court. Um, and these justices actually giving a certain amount of power back to the people that they lost uh, four decades ago. Um, is that a balance or an imbalancing force? I'm curious what you think. Let, let's start with that then, uh, because um, uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned. Uh, we've been talking about it all week. By the way, it hasn't been overturned yet, and I cannot state that <laughs> enough. I am in full disclaimer land here because I am a pro-life guy. I want this to happen, and I'm not check, uh, ca- you know, checking or counting the chickens before they hatch. I can't do it. So all disclaimers apply here. But if it were to be overturned, as you point out, in the ruling, I mean, it, he says it over and over again, we're not. We're just giving the power back to the people. Now, as a guy who's pro-life, to me, I actually don't think that's enough. I mean, I, I would rather have it be a situation where life is sacrosanct and it is protected. Um, you know, I think it's one of the few things. A lot of us would prefer a constitutional amendment yes. that enshrines and protects life. Mm-hmm. But, if but this we, is pretty good. Yeah, if we, if we live in a republic and we accept that there are going to be people around us who don't see the world the way we do and that mm-hmm. we cannot... Have California be like Georgia and Georgia be like California. The left wants those things to yes. be that way. The left thinks that California values should be everyone's values. I think in general we have always accepted that like, look, I want to move to an enclave that reflects my values and not have it, you know, sought upon mm-hmm. by, uh, by our, our political enemies. So we have to think pretty seriously about that. The, the Supreme Court has given us an opportunity to start making our communities and our cities and our, our states the way that we would like them to. S- Abortion is going to be completely available everywhere that it was previously available. Nobody yeah. is going to backtrack on this. Yeah. The only thing that we are going to have now is some pluralism. Uh, which people don't actually really like when they think that this is a matter of life and death. Yeah, it really is. It's interesting to see the reaction. And look, I know that conservatives freak out, too. I got it. But the freak out on the left over this, to me, is just mind-boggling. I mean, we saw in Texas where they cut recently passed a law to cut abortion to only six weeks. Mm-hmm. And abortion was only cut by 10%. Right. People can get pills from India to do this. They can they can go to another state and get this done very easily. That's not my preference. It's not what I want. But in reality, this ruling is you're right going to make it so blue states get maybe get bluer and red states maybe get red. And we get to see how that works out and people get to argue it out over a long period of time. I hope they come to my viewpoint. But that's not how our country works. I don't get to just sign an edict and and implement it across the country. No, that's not the way it works. And one of the analogies that I I delve into and how the force can fix the world is thinking about how, and the right has done this too, but I, I really think the left has the biggest axe to grind <laughs> with the Supreme Court's existence. They, yes. they like democratic norms when it is working for them. And if you think about how the, the chief heroes of Star Wars are completely run to extinction, the Jedi Order, this is basically a long campaign by uh, the dark side, the Sith, Emperor Palpatine, to delegitimize their institution. So basically they are these unelected, robed individuals living on Coruscant who control a lot of the way that the galaxy works. People are all over the galaxy. They don't, they didn't vote for these people. They didn't choose them to govern their affairs, but Mm. yet Jedi show up and decide what is going to be the law. And Palpatine had this plan 
which was to start a giant war, the Clone Wars and the prequels, and then force the Jedi into territory that they didn't belong. He was going to force them to be generals, force them to be fighters instead of keepers of the peace. What this does is it completely got rid of the mandate for the support of the Jedi. And then when he was able to frame them for an assassination, he could order them be killed, and people didn't care. Mm. The people of the galaxy were not outraged that the Jedi were wiped out. And that, I think, we really need to actually take seriously, is in what ways are the extremes in our political system seeking to delegitimize the court so that one day they can make the case for getting rid of them. The left did this on court packing. The left does this on the Senate. The Atlantic, the Washington Post, the New York Times have all run pieces saying the Senate needs to be dissolved because it's an archaic white supremacist institution. Mm -hmm. uh, these people don't value democratic norms at all. They value power. Uh, and that's really dangerous for all of us. How important are institutions? Because I think there is a, there's a pushback yeah. and there's a feeling from people who say, and this is, I think, this goes across the political spectrum. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the way this works. It doesn't work. We need to change things. We need to get rid of these institutions and blow this thing, these things up. And when they step back from that, I think they also see the arc of America being a really positive one, at least on the right, seeing it as a positive influence on the world. But they dis a lot of times that gets disconnected from the institutions that make it so, at least yeah, at some I mean, level. I, look, I think acceptance of the system that we live in is, I don't want to say noble lie, but you sort of have to believe the American myth about itself, the American dream about itself, so that we can live in peace and cooperation with each other. This is, again, part of what leftists do, is they try to tear down what we believe about ourselves and what we tell ourselves mm. about the society in which we live so we can return to a state of hashing it out uh, and hashing out the rules of the system. There was this, uh, there was sidewalk chalk at Georgetown University just yesterday that someone posted on Twitter where the students are protesting uh, against Roe uh, being overturned. Um, and one of the law students at Georgetown chalked on the ground uh, these damn justices aren't the law. We are like, what are you <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, the, I have bad the, news for you, sir. Yeah, I mean, this, we're, we're sort of raising this generation that yeah. think they can be the law. I am the Senate. Like, mm. that's actually really dangerous. Our institutions, while they annoy the crap out of me, and I know they annoy a lot of people in our audiences when they're not playing by, you know, the rules that we would like them to. They are still rules. <laughs> yeah. They are still rules, and rules are good. And process is important. You know what I mean? It is. It, it, it gives you a basis of, of understanding so everyone knows what those rules are. Mm -hmm. And you start ignoring that stuff, I think that's a bad thing. Let me move over to uh, Disney specifically, because obviously Disney ha owns the, the Star Wars franchise now, and they've been ch churning out lots of stuff. I saw a good uh, trailer that looked interesting to me. Uh, frankly, uh, of the uh, of the new series, I I was a little. I mean, I've been a little pushed off, honestly, by Disney. Not just by the cr you know some of the crazy videos that have yeah. come out from them, but also even worse than that to me was the Gina Carano thing, where you know, like th this person who seems to be just awesome, and everyone around her seems to love her, and she posts you know one thing that's a little controversial, and she gets tossed. When that never happens to anybody on the left, you add in all of these videos and what. It's hard to tell exactly how much of this is corporate planning. And and kissing the butt of their employees, but still, the videos that came out from behind the scenes in these meetings looked really bad, too. I think the conservatives, generally speaking, are like, take, give Ron, Ron DeSantis, give him a lightsaber, let him go in there and start cutting everybody in the company up in half. Uh, that's what they want right now. 
Yeah. But there is that tension between conservative principles and, and it's limited government. What do you what do you do here? So I actually I actually um, had, had written an article about this just the other day because because our, our friend of the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, was talking a little bit about the principle of mutually assured destruction mm -hmm. and how conservatives have generally embraced the idea uh, that if one side has a super weapon, uh, that if you build a super weapon being, you know, like it's actually aiming government at corporations, uh, you're going to create a war of all for all and nobody wins. But we need to embrace the fact at this point that the left has captured corporate institutions and plan to use them as weapons. Mm. So if the left has a Death Star, what if you actually, to ensure the peace, need to build one for yourself? Uh, just threatening Disney enough and making their lives uncomfortable enough, like, like Ron DeSantis is, might be enough to actually drag us back to a position of depolitization, where companies are thinking a little bit harder about the stance that they're going to take before they hit send on a press release. Mm -hmm. I'm torn about this. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really torn about leveraging government to go after corporations. But isn't it true that they are captured by political ideologues and they're acting as political actors and the left thinks that we won't fire back. Mm -hmm. They think that we won't because they're like, oh, the right just loves corporations. They'll never try to regulate them or ding them. But what if we actually just changed their perception a little bit by firing one shot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just fire one shot and then maybe we don't have to do this again. I think this is the most interesting thing, the most interesting conversation going on on the right right now. Like what to do on these. Because I think I feel the same way. Like I, part of me just wants to cheer Ron DeSantis down and be like, yes. And then another part of me is like, do I really want governors getting involved like this? Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough back and forth. And we know the other side is going to do this. Um, we already know the left is going to do this. It's, it's May 5th, so I'll do one more Star Wars yes, analogy for you. Mm -hmm. it's, it, the, the Empire had this theory of how they were going to rule the galaxy. It was ruled by fear. We build the Death Star, and then all the systems of the galaxy will be too afraid to resist our rule. That was a completely plausible theory. It didn't work. We, mm -hmm. We've seen the movies. Well, that's because they uh, build too many events. <laughs> right. in their, in well, <laughs> you, you build the Death Star, yeah. and you think people are going to bow down and do nothing. Mm -hmm. But it actually turns out that the Death Star's existence, too much power in the hands of the Empire, united a bunch of different factions who didn't like working together. This happens in Rogue One, the Star Wars story. And they actually come together, form a cohesive rebellion, and then they decide to take the Death Star out, launching the civil war against them. The Empire overstepped with their power. They built the Death Star that made people afraid. I think of government about in this way, in, in all, all terms. Mm. The government is the Death Star. It has the power to take life <laughs> away from people and to make things uncomfortable in the country. And people, when they're afraid of that, they will do wild things. They will vote for wild people. Did you read the Flight 93 essay before the 2016 yes, yeah. election? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the same principle. I mean, if you think that the government has the power to completely destroy your livelihood based on who's in the White House, then you will storm the cockpit to stop even Hillary Clinton from becoming president. Anybody, yeah. Like, I mean, I just look back on that all the time. Like, if AOC were running for president, I'd be very concerned. But in retrospect, I think about Hillary Clinton. I'm just like, was, was, this, was this a Flight 93 moment? Was it the end of the republic if that woman became president? It's fascinating. I don't know. I, I don't think so. <laughs> the, left, the left has moved so far. Hillary Clinton looks tame in some ways. I, I, I said <laughs> it crazy. during her campaign that we were going to look back at her with you know, a little God, bit of rose-colored glasses and go, that scary. was a, a modern Democrat. You're, you're terrifying us. Well, it is scary. <laughs> the world has changed a lot. And I will say, the people... 
of Alderaan are upset at your uh, description of the Death Star as a place that will, a thing that will make you uncomfortable. I feel like that's understating what they went through. Uh, I think you're right. Okay. <laughs> Stephen Kent, the book is How the Force Can Fix the World, Le- uh, Lessons on Life, Liberty, and Happiness from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Make sure to get your copy and uh, read uh, the, the piece from uh, Stephen, er, uh, from, uh, you know, read, you know, read. My name's Stephen. You can read my article anytime you want. Anytime you want. Just, just do it. Just do it. Follow him on the social medias as well. Thank you so much. Thanks, Stephen. Steve. Appreciate it. Well, welcome a new person to your life. You'll be talking about her quite a bit. Her name is Corinne Jean-Pierre. Corinne Jean-Pierre is the new White House press secretary, uh, or at least will be uh, coming up. Uh, very soon as Jen Psaki leaves for the job she's been negotiating from behind the podium for the past few months. Uh, Now, it's very important uh, to you, I know, to make sure you're thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute. You just told me her name. You told me what she's going to be doing. Who does she like to have sex with? (laughs) I know. I didn't even tell you that. Um, uh, She likes to have sex with women. So it's a big deal, apparently. She's the first openly gay press secretary and the other question, especially if you're on podcasts, you may have seen the picture if you're watching on Blaze TV or on YouTube. But if you're on podcast right now, you're like, Stu, quickly tell us what is her skin color? I, I only want to know what her skin color is. Well, podcast listeners, she is the first black openly gay press secretary. And if you care about genitals and skin color as much as I do, then you, you're weird because that's just something that's odd to think about. By the way, maybe one of the first things she can do is not allow anyone in the office to go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner because apparently it was a super spreader event. Uh, <laughs> pretty much everybody was there. I guess they also have other breakout parties and dinners and stuff afterward. It's not just the one party for these people. They're too elite for that. They get as many parties as they want, and they get to uh, spread the droplets as they please. So... Everybody got COVID, and we have a new press secretary. Back in a second. Trying to buy or sell a home in these times can be challenging. You need a real estate agent who can come in and do the job and do it better than everybody else. Everybody's going to have a real estate agent. So is yours going to be the good one or the bad one in this transaction? You better make sure you have the good one, especially in this market. It really has been a crazy couple of years. Housing value is going to crash. What was going to happen to them? And then they all of a sudden came back and then they got higher than ever and they keep going up, 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 up. It's a crazy market right now. Make sure you master it with a real estate agent who knows uh, what they're doing. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a place to go to find that person. Make sure you find a good real estate agent at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Glenn's company. He's been doing this for a while, and uh, he's got the system down now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Subscribe at blazetv.com slash stew or watch every show on YouTube. Also, rate and review the podcast if you don't mind doing that as well. And subscribe. Uh, This one from YouTube. John says, I've already noticed uh, that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. Yes, a quote from Ronald Reagan. Very, very true. Rita says, thank Trump for his court picks. He will go down as one of the most consequential presidents for this. Hard to deny. I mean, a lot of people, uh, myself included, were very skeptical that he'd pick good Supreme Court justices. Uh, It's kind of the jury's out. 
I mean, this hasn't even happened yet, I guess. Uh, but the jury's out long term, whether they're going to be good. I have some hope for at least two of the three. Uh, but if they can, honestly, like the, the way the conservatives have talked about the courts for a long time, just this one thing would be more than I think anybody expected. So Trump certainly does deserve a lot of credit for that. You may be surprised to hear that I am not among the most disciplined people in the world. And that's why I blabbed way too long in my early segments and I ran out of time to even tell you about this huge story about America giving intelligence to Ukraine to target Russian generals. It's a massive story. Let me get to it tomorrow. Uh, We'll see you then.